This week on the Tech on Tap podcast, we geek out on cloud volume services and Oracle databases with Chad Morgenstern. Welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast with Justin Parisi and Sully the Monster. I love NetApp. Oh, yeah. I love NetApp because it's so funny. Hello and welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast. My name is Justin Parisi. I'm here in the studio today with Andrew. So- Andrew, Andrew, pay attention. I'm reading about Chromebooks. Leave me alone. Why? Jeez. It's just what's in my newsfeed. Oh, so Andrew's here today. Fortunately, yay! You've been here a lot lately. It's almost like it's not spring or fall conference season. Isn't it about time for you to travel? <laughs> I'm, yeah, I, I'm not sure what to take away from that. That's fine. I just traveled to the beach and back. Oh, so yeah, I'd, I am traveling the beginning of August. It's yeah. my, Where it's are you my, going? My 15th anniversary. So oh, we're congratulations. Going, thank you. We're going to uh, the lovely and romantic Maine. I want to applaud you for finding someone to put up with you for 15 years. <laughs> hey, you're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> May we all get to 15 years at some point. Thank you. So, uh, in the studio with us today is uh, Chad Morgenstern, and he's going to tell us a little bit about cloud services, or sorry, cloud volume services. But first, Chad, uh, hi, what do you do here at NetUp? And if we can find you on social media, how do we do that? If I'm at Sock Puppets on Twitter, that's my Twitter feed. I know, it, it doesn't make sense. No, it makes sense, because you kind of look like a sock puppet. <laughs> you know, in the past, they called me Beaker. <laughs> there you go. Except you don't have the cool little, me, 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 me. I also don't have the hair anymore, either. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, Chad, what do you do here at NetUp? So, I'm a technical marketing engineer. Um, this is, I think, my fourth time in this podcast. Uh, this go-around, we're talking about cloud volumes. Uh, lately, my role has been looking at a solutions-level approach to um, to the cloud, be it cloud volume service, cloud volume on tap, be it data, be it uh, fabric pools. We're looking to find the right technology to fit your problem. And Chad's focus is mostly on performance, right? Actually, not so much anymore. No, not, any, not, not so much, much anymore. Uh, the reason we talk about performance is because in the day, customers buy technology to solve their business needs. And if it doesn't meet their need, that's performance. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, what do you, you, you look puzzled. No, I, I was, that's just how you look. Sorry. Uh, yeah, it's resting puzzled face. Yes. I guess. Uh, so I was just going. I'm trying to remember when the last time Chad was on the podcast. I think it was to talk about OpenStack. It if was I remember to talk correctly. about OpenStack. I, I've I've played a lot of different technologies from OpenStack containers to SPC one before that. Yeah, you you've been at NetApp for a minute, so I know you've had a, a number of different roles in that time. At least eleven minutes. And that's why uh, that's why Justin over here assumed you were here to talk about performance. Well, he is kind of. Kind of. Yes, but we can't assume that anymore. I mean, it's true. I mean, I, you know, I mean, he told me beforehand, hey, let's talk. <laughs> the, the podcast was titled in the invite, All Cloud right. Volumes Performance. All right, fair enough. <laughs> so, yes, we might be talking about performance, but I digress. Um, so, first, let's talk about Cloud Volumes. So, Chad, um, can you give us kind of an overview of what those are at a high level and where we support those? Yeah, of course. Uh, so NetApp has right now three cloud volume services by varying names. We have an, an Azure and Amazon and Google at GCP. Um, what we are, is we're, as you, everyone who listens to this call knows, we're about a 26-year-old company that has significant experience in data durability, data reliability, data availability, uh, data access patterns. You name it, we're an enterprise class storage company with hundreds of thousands of deployments that does our job really, really well. In the past, there was complexity. 
Uh, you need to have a storage admin to, to know your workload, know your scenario, and know the environment. With the new environment we have in the, in the hyperscalers, we've been able to move on to a no-ops model, and that's what the cloud volume service is. It's a no-ops model, which effectively means a storage admin as a, as a, as a service. All you need is unique capability. We, we provide that capability. And, you know, the no-ops model kind of strikes fear in the heart of storage admins, but that doesn't mean that you don't get to still be a storage admin. That means you get to focus your energy on things other than, you know, creating volumes, right? And, you know, provisioning storage and doing other things within your environment that may be more important or that you previously did not have time for. I just want to take a step back for a moment and point out for anybody who didn't listen to the episode that we did with Aki around uh, cloud volume services and note that cloud volume services might be a slightly new term to some people. Uh, so notably, we changed the names for a few things. Uh, and this is, I, I don't want to blame marketing because I don't know that marketing. Well, I mean, it wasn't here. me. I didn't, I didn't change the name. <laughs> but uh, so the artist formerly known as Cloud on Tap became On Tap Cloud became Cloud, cloud Volumes, volumes on, on Tap. tap. Yep. So that, that is still there. However, you will now hear it referred to by a different name. And then Cloud Volume Services is the NetApp name for the native file services being provided to... Amazon the, Web Services and Google, uh, Cloud, Google Cloud Platform. And Azure, yes. So Azure's name is different than the other two. Yeah, So, but they, they may call it by a different name, but NetApp collectively calls those three Cloud, cloud Volume, volume Services. services. Yeah, right. so essentially the difference is ONTAP in the cloud that you can do yourself, which is the Cloud Volumes ONTAP, Correct. versus... Uh, on tap in the cloud or whatever in the cloud, we don't even you know we don't even have to be on tap necessarily. That are managed for you by the service provider. That's right. You know, I've heard someone ask, uh, "What is behind the cloud volume service?" And I've heard the answer being strudel. It just doesn't matter because we're providing the capability to you. How we do it inside of our own technology, it's obfuscated. We could replace tomorrow with some other technology entirely, and you're never going to see it. We're providing capability to you. That's what businesses need, capabilities. That's what gets that's what gets lights turned on, gets lights turned off in the, the day. Yeah, more or less the way I heard it described is it's an SLO. Mm -hmm. right? Stop worrying about the details underneath the covers. You don't care what physical or not, right, because nobody knows. If the system is underneath there, it's an SLO. You get so many IOPS, so many gigabytes at such a cost, and there you go. So let's talk what it can do. You get consistent data management, right, across, across major cloud platforms. You, you can shift your CapEx expense to an OpsX expense. You get data protection application without performance impact. Um, it's online capability that doesn't just compete with other file services, but also block services. We are a primary storage platform in the cloud that solves your business needs. Um, do, do we do block services with cloud volumes, or is it simply file services right now? Look, on-premises, you can use NFS or SMB without using shared services, meaning I, even though NFS is a shared file system, you don't have to use it that way. You can have an Oracle database, for example, talking to a, uh, an NFS volume or various NFS volumes and not use a rack configuration, not have multiple systems talking the same volume. You get all the capabilities NFS gives you without the need to use it for shared. How is it different from block at that point? I mean, there are, there are technical differences, clearly, right, that you have to format the file system or you don't have to format the file system, uh, that you get to, get to choose your, your, your Stripe with, all that kind of stuff, versus NFS where it's just this volume. But how you use the application layer, it's identical. So how is it different from Block at that point? Yeah, and that's an interesting point, right? I mean, again, it goes back to Strudel. I mean, do you matter? Does it really matter how it's consumed, how it's built? All that you care about is how you're actually using it. That's right. All you care about at the end of the day is the application, that the application does its job. And you care about the application 
because you care about a business need. The business need relies on the applications, the closest thing to that executive and to the money. And we're going to bring our, our capabilities up to that money level. All right. So that, that horse is sufficiently de- deceased. No, I, I'm going re- to resurrect it. We're going to make it a horse zombie. Um, so there are situations where block matters, right? I mean, there are, there are application suites that say specifically they want block, mm. right? So I guess in those situations, this might not be the right fit. Cloud volume services is not today trying to solve every business need, right? So we go over there are four capabilities you have out there or four models you have out there, right? You have born in the cloud. Those can be customized to fit whatever the, whatever the underlying capabilities are. You have those born on-premises that can be forklifted and moved over to cloud right now without any changes required. You have those that need to be modified. We had a customer who used... And by the way, we're going to talk about Oracle and databases in this presentation or in, the, in this podcast. That's a pretty good focus we're going to have. We had a customer who um, wanted to move an Oracle database to, to the cloud, and they were trying to do some significant things, um, having a hard time with it. Um, and today, it's not going to work for them, and that's okay, too. Some application can be moved, but you have to make some changes to make it work. And that, it would work if they made some changes to it, and others just won't work at all. And that's okay. We're trying to set a limits approach to cloud volume service. You, I'd say limits, you could say an architectural approach where you understand what the limits within the environment are. So you build for it, you set expectation properly, and you're going to have a lot of success. But you have to understand what those things are and what fits and what may not fit. And most things today will fit. So I know that we we're saying and we're touting that, you know, it doesn't matter what is behind everything, you know, what's behind the curtain. But there are still people out there that really want to know. So could you kind of give us an architectural overview of how all this kind of fits together? So let's start from the top of the stack. Um, at the top of the stack, uh, well, you know, before we go there, let's let's establish some vocabulary. So we know know we're saying the same things. Um, some real basic ones. We use something called a service level and a quota. That's the term that's going to come up again and again inside cloud volume service. Uh, there there are two sides of the same coin. Uh, service level really defines how much bandwidth you get per gigabyte of capacity. Think service level and translate it to business need. If my business need is capacity and not much performance, I have one service level. If my business need is lots and lots of performance, lots of throughput, I don't need much capacity. That's another service level. So service levels are that. And a quota, another nerve, I think we're going to be changing the, t- the name soon to uh, allocated capacity, is about how much capacity I'm asking for. And there's a, a performance component that comes along with it. These are service level and quota. Uh, another one is session. A session is a networking term. Um, it represents a semi-permanent connection between two endpoints, uh, source port destination port, source IP destination IP. And a virtual private cloud, because we're talking about Amazon today, Amazon Web Services specifically today, although we're in Azure, we're in Google. Um, and, w- and we will take your virtual private cloud and connect it, their virtual private gateway, into our cloud volume service. That's some high-level terms. Um, in the environment, we have various levels that you have to understand. Uh, whether the if to look for example at the instance itself, uh, if the instance size is very small, say a T1 micro, uh, we did studies with the C5 9x large, which is a pretty big instance. Even that became a choke point for us because instance wasn't big enough to do the work we need to do. Uh, another another area would be within the VPC and the VPG, the virtual private cloud and virtual private gateway. Um, those have their own built-in capabilities. Um, with, outside of that, we have the cloud volume service, which is an SSD-based platform. And beyond that, I'd, again, I'd, I'd say the same thing, Apple Strudel. Uh, there's really no reason to go into what the cable is underneath that are. Just know that it's an app technology. 
Okay. So what sort of um, throughput are we looking at for limitations? Like how, how fast can we get? Oh, blazingly fast. Um, so well, to, well, let's, let's qualify that, right? Because there's fast and then there's throughput. Because they're not the same. Well, thing, yeah. Right? I mean, there's That's latency right. versus right. throughput. Yeah. So yeah. So let's talk about. I'm that. looking at the slide he gave me, and I'm trying to fit the question in there, Andrew. <laughs> That's right. I I see to the deck before I came in here. He did. I did. He was very prepared. More prepared than any other guest we've had. Hyper so. blazingly prepared. So prepared that he gave it to me five minutes before we started. Continue. But I wrote it <laughs> ten minutes before I came in here. <laughs> All right. So Sully, thank you. Uh, so. The term's fast. Let's break it down first. There's bandwidth, there's throughput, and there's latency. Um, bandwidth is the amount of pipe you get, how, how much content you can fill. Um, throughput is how much that pipe you consume. So if I have a 10 gigabit pipe, that's bandwidth. If I use 9 gigabit per second of bandwidth, then that's throughput. And how fast that work goes on, that's latency response time back and forth. We are focusing exclusively on bandwidth and throughput here. Um, we will see latency numbers later on. We talk about Oracle, for example. In the US East 1, we're seeing 2 millisecond response times at the edge. That's beyond before we really stop saying let's not beyond two milliseconds i think a lot of application guys say i don't really care so we, we talk about at the two millisecond point um but when i say blazingly fast i'm being funny by the way um, within the virtual private cloud wait how how i okay <laughs> take that strike that kill that continue so continue all right so there are various levels within the virtual private cloud um amazon web services establish a limit that says per session, that's why I talk about the term session. Per session, there is a five gigabit bi-directional limit. So if I have client one and client two, forget about cloud services entirely. If I have two Linux machines or two Windows machines or what have you, talk to another, uh, you can get at most five gigabit per second on that channel. Read and five gigabit per second write. Now they say five gig, we've really seen on our testing more like four and a half gigabit per second. So let's just say four and a half gig from this point forward. That's all our test builders show. So you can establish five sessions for any one client uh, and, get to, and get to 25 gigabit of performance. Again, go about four and a half rather than five, but what have you. Uh, what that means is you can get up to 25 gigabit per second read, 25 gigabit per second write. And that, that's the VPC. Going through the virtual private gateway, and that's how you talk from your EC2 instance to the cloud services because you've got to leave the VPC. Amazon has another throttle that's imposed at four and a half gigabit per second. They say five again. Uh, four and a half gigabit per second egress. So whether you have one session or a thousand sessions, whether you have one cloud volume or a thousand cloud volumes, or whether you have uh, NFS or SMB protocol or even HTTP, if you had that, you're capped at four and a half gigabit per second egress. That comes down to effectively up to 25 gigabit per second in, no more than four and a half gigabit per second out. So it comes down to it. We're really talking about limits at that level. Uh, there's one more thing to know. Within the cloud volume service and the way that Linux itself works and SMB work today, um, you're only going to have one session for all the cloud volumes you have, for all the NFS exports, for all the SMB shares. You're going to have one session per destination. In our case, cloud volume service provides one logical interface or one IP address. That, that brings you back to one session. And that one session now caps you at 4.5 gig per second in because it's per session, right? You only have one session. 4.5 gig per second in, 4.5 gig per second out which gets you back to the end of the day, four and a half gigabit per second of bandwidth, bi-directional, in general. Now, we'll see later on that there are applications that can break this, that can go well beyond this. Oracle, for example, with uh, its direct NFS, which is NFS implementation developed by the Oracle Corporation for local database, and only used by local database. 
they'll establish hundreds to thousands of sessions based upon the load of the database itself. That means that you're now capable to go up to that higher 25 gigabit limit imposed by Amazon at the VPC layer for in, ingress or reads, but you're still capped at the 4.5 gigabit per second egress. So to, to summarize here, with when using cloud volume services in AWS, I can write up to 4.5 gigabits per second of data to the cloud volume. That's right. But I can read... Generally speaking, four and a half gigabits, but there are exceptions depending on primarily sessions that will allow that to go up to 22 and a half. That's right. 25 gigabit, but that's minus right. the that's half right. gig. So we'll, uh, we did some Oracle database testing. for, and In that Oracle database, we saw 16 gigabit per second reads, uh, at which point we were pretty much at the edge of the instance itself, and we still saw four and a half gigabit per second of writes. So well beyond the single VPC session limitation, uh, but still capped by the VPC. Now, VPG, rather. is that throughput total for the VPC? In other words, if I have if I have two VPCs, one that has all of my application logic and one that has my database logic or, or my database instances, right? That database VPC gets a total of four and a half gigabits in and out, whether it's talking to the cloud volume or whether it's talking to the application layer. Neither, actually. This is a per instance limitation. So if I have three Linux boxes, each has the same limit. So Linux box one can do that high number you talked about that, that if we used uh, Oracle database, 16 gig in, four and a half out. Instance two, 16 gig in, four and a half out. Instance three, 16 gig in, four and a half gig out. You have instances, you get more and more bandwidth per instance. Limitations purely the instance or session layer. The only layer is the only limitation that we have imposed in the environment. Got it. So it's not a VPC limit. It's a virtual machine limit. It, it's imposed at the virtual machine. Yes. Got it. So you mentioned DNFS as a way to get more out of an Oracle database, uh, you know, and it's basically a standard issued by Oracle only. Is there other ways to get more out of a client? You know, is there a way, like for say, an SMB client to get more throughput uh, from its particular workload? Our understanding of it at this point is that it multi-channel, which is coming soon uh, to cloud volume service, will enable you to take advantage of multiple sockets within the client but you're still capped the same 4.5 gig per second out, 4.5 gig per second in, because multi-channel still relies upon one session. But that'll help with things like, you know, your RPC slot limits and your network context, right? I mean, that'll that'll alleviate some of, some of that, but uh, as far as throughput goes, we're not really going to be getting much out of it. We're expecting no differences. So tell me a little bit about how cloud volumes uh, handle service levels. Like, how do we assign a service level to somebody? What sort of service levels are available, and how can people implement that? So as I said before, a service level comes down to what your business need is, right? We've got three service levels provided today. Uh, this could change, but this is where we are right now. Uh, they're a standard premium and extreme. A standard service level comes down to about 16 kilobyte, sorry, strike that, 16 megabyte per second. 16 kilobyte, that's impressive. It's impressive. <laughs> per gigabyte. Whoa. Continue. Hey, man, don't mock the, don't mock the suit, okay? Continue. So a standard comes out about 16 megabyte per second of bandwidth per terabyte that you allocate. Because um, we're talking potentially massive capacity. Uh, premium at 64 megabyte per terabyte and extreme at 128 megabyte per terabyte. Uh, we are doing significant amount of work when you think about it for smaller volumes and, and, up, and, and large volumes. It depends what you need, right? Uh, so the balance would be if I need to have a good amount of bandwidth and a good amount of capacity, I go, I go to a premium tier. That's what service levels are. And they can change in the fly. So if you get it wrong, that's okay. Um, and your, your cost comes down to what your service level is and what your quota is. Uh, so then you talk about the quota. A quota 
is a uh, maximum throughput you can do for the volume. Um, they can be defined from one gigabyte to 100 terabytes, and just as service levels can be changed in the fly, so can these. This is how you define it. Then the question comes in, well, what does that mean for me, right? If, if I can have these different service levels, these different quotas, how far can it really go? Well, I was just going to say, I mean, this is the sort of stuff we can do already with ONTAP today. It's, so this is not something that's isolated simply to cloud volumes. This is just something that we can do in cloud volumes that ties in very nicely. We are taking existing technology and leveraging it in significant new ways. I mean, why would you reinvent it? <laughs> it would be horrible use of resources to do that. While you reinvent the wheel. We're about how to capitalize what we have. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So then the question comes in, because these service levels are applied on a volume-by-volume volume basis, you really got to know some things. you got to know how much can a volume do and how much can instance do. We already discussed before that one instance can do no more than 4.5 in general, 4.5 gig per second in, 4.5 gig per second out. Um, pretty nerdy things to say on a, on, a, on, a, on a podcast, but it's reality, right? So how far can a volume go? So I did some studies. I used a, a, a synthetic benchmark tool. You guys probably heard the term VD bench before. I, yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, it's not DD. <laughs> you know, wow, you know, let's use DD, man. You know What's what DD, wrong with that? You know what DD stands for? It's actually an acronym. You know it's an acronym? What is it? It says don't do. <laughs> it's awesome. You know, what, you, know what, you know CP? What's that? Crap. Don't do CP there. Oh, yeah. Or tar. Don't do tar. This is kind of like how they didn't really sell Chevy Novas in, in <laughs> Mexico because it means no go. Is that? <laughs> yeah, don't, don't do these things. Right? No. Right. Uh, we, had, we had a customer who, who came, and uh, I love you guys. I love all my customers. Um, we had a customer who was testing out, and they were told by their application vendor to go ahead and do, um, and do a DD. Um, you walk the stack. This is a slight digression, but performance testing is important to me. As you guys said, I've been doing it for 12 years now here, and then I've before that other companies. Um, but it comes down to what does your business need, and are you being met? Uh, so they were told to go ahead and, and test out their, their SaaS application with DD, so they got one single DD thread going on. We had a competitor X who was in there, and they said, Chad's computer X, com- competitor X beats us. The test took three seconds. Oh, yeah, I remember this email. Yeah. I, I saw this email. thread, and I was like, I just laughed and just closed it. Was it was funny. <laughs> they, were doing, they were doing a, sing- a single user doing DD, and it took three seconds to write. Then they switched over to call volumes. It took X amount of seconds to do as well, but longer than, than computer X. We got on there and looked at it, Figured out what it was. They, they set the service level wrong. Service level, when they changed it, it got a lot better. But I had them do a test besides DD. That was a single user. I asked them, what is your goal? We want to do DD. Why? Because we want to test performance. So Why? Which should have been the next question. Why? Continue. So the, the question then changed. How many users do you have in your real environment? Well, we're doing streaming rights. Well, how many at once? Maybe 40, he said. 40 users per instance. Okay. Um, how big is the data? About this big. Okay, so if you're doing 40 users in parallel, DD does a single user, right? It's just a read and write operation. We assume that's, that's closer to akin to what you're actually doing. And that's, that's a key to performance testing. Do it like you're really going to do it. So they switched to DD, switched away from DD, went to VD Bench instead. Saw significantly sustained throughput, much higher than DD was doing with that single user. And they saw Computer X's throughput halve. After that four-second window or three-second window that they were testing for, the throughput, it halved. And they couldn't maintain beyond that. A better word for that is cratered. It cratered. <laughs> it went. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and actually, I mean, you've, you've created scripts that do parallel DD operations. So if you're dead set on using DD, at least run it in parallel. Please. If you're dead set on it, make it akin to what you're really going to do. Yeah, because, I mean, you can throw multiple threads of DD on a client, and you can still get similar results to what you want to see out of throughput. 
But Did I, I mentioned VD Bench. Anybody? VD Bench. VD Bench. VD Bench is a sweet tool. But even VD Bench's limitations. VD Bench could not do what Oracle does. VD Bench, and, and that gets back to what I was saying before. You need to test it akin to where you're really going to do it. So you have to ask yourself some questions. Am I going many instances? So for example, a, 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 a um, HPC environment, you know, a, a high performance compute environment that has many, many, many instances. A software design environment or a um, chip design environment. That goes it goes wide, scales outward. You know, there's an OpenStack term we're used to using, scale out. Yeah. So, it, it, it kind of reminds me of what's it called? Flex groups. Go ahead, continue. It's like flex groups. <laughs> I get paid every time I say that. <laughs> scale out. So you have to ask yourself a question: Am I using one instance or many instances? This gets back to what I was saying before. Cloud volumes has significant amount of bandwidth that can consume. So the question is, how much? How do you get? How do you get access to it? One instance has four and a half gigabit per second in and out, but many instances have multiple more than that, right? It scales horizontally. So if your user, if your application is going to scale wide, then test wide. If your application is going to test from a single database, from a single instance, test the application. BD Bench cannot use DNFS. It cannot use direct DNFS, in other words. So it can't take advantage of the multiple sessions. It can take advantage of only the standard NFS client and use one session. So BD Bench cannot simulate an Oracle database so you have to switch to an Oracle database and use something like a slob to workload generator. Or, or leverage our CPOC labs and set it up there. Negatory, good buddy. No? Nope, because our CPOC lab, oh wait, leverage CPOC lab itself. Yes. But they still do the same thing. They still have to use a real database to do this testing. I know, but you don't have to. Yeah, that's right. You don't They'll have do to. They'll do it for you. They'll do it for you. That's right. Yes. They'll I do agree. the work for you. So never denigrate CPOC again, or I will sick Neto on, or Neto on you. <laughs> But Neto's from Brazil. Doesn't matter. He might be in Portugal right now. He'll use that Brazilian jiu-jitsu on you, and you'll, you're done. <laughs> he might just. It's over. So anyway, I, I, let's get back to what I was talking before. So we did the testing. I wanted to see how far our volume can go. Uh, so I used VD Bench. wanted to simulate this. And I went against one individual volume, and I tested against one instance to many instances. And I wanted to see how far you can go with, this, with, that, with that one volume. And what I found was, in general, uh, one volume from one instance could do about 55 to 60,000 knots per second. Uh, beyond that, multiple instances go about 200,000 knots per second. So about 60,000 from one instance up to 200,000 or so against multiple instances. Uh, we switched over to doing region writes. Writes are slightly less than that, as you might expect. Switched over, did throughput testing, did large sequential I.O., 16K, 32K, 64K. And we saw up to uh, 3,200 megabytes a second of reads and something akin to that for writes. So from many instances, you could do a significant amount of work. But one instance can be capped at four and a half gigabit per second read and write, and about sixty thousand I/O total if you're doing just pure IOPS. So, in your experience, Chad, how often do you see a workload that is a single client pushing information to a single volume? Like, is it more often multiple clients that you're talking about these these multiple instances? Many cases, but there are others. Oracle, uh, MySQL, SQL Server. Uh, these would be a database would reside on one instance. Yeah. And you, you'll talk to some of the DBA guys, and they say, you know, we get that multiple volume is going to help you. And we saw our multi, multi-volume testing showed lower latencies. The volume was passed with less work, and it, it did better in terms of latency. At some points, it did better in terms of overall IOPS, overall throughput. But the, uh, the simplicity comes in play. If you want to use one volume for a database, it makes it easier to do all your work. DBA doesn't worry about, about layout. Just uses one volume for everything you're going to do, and it works really well, too. So it depends what you want. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, you know, there are cases where people are going to want to roll out Oracle Rack and use DNFS and 
squeeze as much out of as they can. And there's going to be situations where an Oracle database is just going to be a single mass entity. Oracle Rack's an interesting statement. Uh, for Amazon, I'm still not convinced about it. There's a lot of documentation that says you can't do it. There's some stuff that says how to do it, but there's some of a hack. Um, so for, for Amazon right now, we probably talk about Oracle as a single standalone instance. So in our testing, where we went one instance, many instances, and I said one instance could do about, again, 60,000 read ops, write ops, 60,000 ops total, or up to 4.5 gigabit per second read and write. Oracle's an exception to this, right? Um, but multi-instance can go at, at larger operation sizes, up to 3,200 megabyte a second. Um, and each instance is going to be capped at the 4.5 gigabit per second read and 4.5 gigabit per second write combined. So you look at things that are... Um, point here is, is that there are many scenarios where you want to have the capabilities of having lots and lots of IOPS, lots and lots of throughput, and yet there you need to use multiple instances, and the volumes themselves can do it. Uh, so when you apply your service level in Core, which we talked about in the first place, uh, so when you set your service level up, you want to select a service level and a, and a capacity that meets your needs. Uh, and for a single instance, about 4.5 gig per second times 2, because read and write is, is going to be plenty in general. So uh, moving down, we talked about DNFS. Uh, want to talk about DNFS a little bit more? Yeah, let's talk about DNFS. All right, DNFS. So what Oracle DNFS has done is Oracle DNFS will span or spawn additional sessions for every for additional load. I did testing where I saw up to 650 sessions. So I did a netstat-na, and I grabbed for 2049, that's the NFS port, and I saw 650 sessions in place. What those sessions look like, they look like the same source IP address, the same destination IP address for every single one of these sessions that shows up, the same destination port, 2049, and 650 different ephemeral ports for the source side. And the, the, there are a lot of benefits in that. One benefit is you're working around the VPC limit that Amazon has built in their architecture. Their limitation is imposed at a per session limit, so we have 650 sessions, therefore that limit is gone. You, you can't spread enough workload across 650 sessions to fill up any one session to any degree, right? So that limitation is gone, so you're, you're unfettered by Amazon's architecture limit for the read side. Uh, another benefit is, is because the workload is so spread wide, networking would map your sessions across all of the network ports that are in the environment that can, that can be used. So you get to take advantage of a significant amount of bandwidth in the back end, both on the ingest and on the egress side. So you're not going to impact anyone else's workload, and they're not going to come back to you, which is really, really nice. Um, we saw up to 16 gigabit per second of, um, on reads from a single volume. Um, we're still capped at the edges of 4.5 gigabit per second of writes, and we're still capped the other edge at what the, what the max capability of the instance itself can do. And again, 16 gigabit looks like we're about at the edge of the networking for the, for the instance type we used. Um, so DNFS is pretty sweet. We did testing. We did various work. We did a 50-50 read-write, so it's a 100% update workload using SLOP2. Uh, SLOB2 workload generator, which stands for Silly Little Oracle Benchmark. Uh, and we started with two separate instance sizes. We used a C59X large, which has 10 gig-ish networking. Uh, and we did, and we ran the testing, and we saw that about 8.8 gigabit per second, your latency went through the roof. It just skyrocketed straight up like a hockey stick. We say hockey sticks. Hockey sticks don't go straight, do they? They kind of bend, but it... Well, like a... Depends on your... Uh your use case. All continue. Right. Well, so at about 8.8 gigabit per second, the latency went through the roof and our ops stopped progressing. That's about 145,000, ops, 8K ops. We could do no more. So we switched out the instance type with a C5 18X large, which has which claims 25 gigabit per second of, of bandwidth. Um, and we proceeded out to just under 300,000 ops. 
at roughly 16-ish, 17-ish gigabit per second. Sounds awful. Awfully good. Awfully good. <laughs> and that's an example of where the size itself is too small is going to hurt you. So we switched from that over to three separate scenarios. We did a uh, 100% update work that's 50-50 read-write-ish, plus some logging and whatnot. We did a 75% read, 25% update. Most Oracle TRs that famous guys like Jeff Steiner have done show this workload. And we did 100% read workload. And we went from one volume to two volumes. And we found, as what I said before, you have the edges of the of the, the VPG limit or the four and a half key per second write, and you have the other side where the instant self runs out of bandwidth. But in between, we saw that at the two millisecond point, we're able to do about 250,000 IOPS of pure reads at two volumes versus about 200,000 IOPS of pure reads at one volume. At a 75 read write, we did phenomenal numbers at about 150,000 uh, IOPS for... Um, one volume or about 2,000 IOPS for two volumes. Significant amount of work that's much more than any instance that, that any of the smaller instances or big instances can do until you get the really, really big, beefy workloads. And the important thing there is that unless you're using the biggest instance sizes, our volumes are capable, at least for things like Oracle, to well exceed the capabilities of the instance itself. Uh, another advantage here is that for the smaller workloads, when you're looking at the work you can do and lanes you're going to get, it's repeatable It's it's and it's high bandwidth and low latency and it's easy it's really really easy and it's highly highly durable we're talking about we see the latest number i've seen somewhere in the eight somewhere in the eight nines number for durability your day is not going to go away it's just going to persist on and on and it's going to be accessible any volume or from any from any availabilities on the region so it, it's a it's a high class tier one operating system tier one storage yeah, and then when you factor in the data protection capabilities of oh my gosh something like cloud volumes, you're adding extra. And as Richard Hardy likes to mind. point out, yes, you can provision 100 terabytes in eight seconds. Eight seconds. Yep. And look at also snapshotting capabilities. You could take hundreds of snapshots on a single cloud volume, and you're not going to see performance degradation. And turn that around the other side and say, you know, once I've created these snapshots, if I want to use any of them, today... We have to we create a new volume from this snapshot. That's the current technology. Soon we'll have the ability to do an in-place snap restore. So we'd roll the whole thing backwards. But the point of it is once you use this snapshot, the performance on the snapshot is identical to the performance on the, or, on the original source volume. So you're not going to see a difference between source and destination, snapshot and origin. And that on top of that, you can just walk in the .snapshot directory and just pull the files out yourself. Are we also supporting flex clones on cloud volumes currently? We're supporting cloning. Again, this is a NetApp term. I wouldn't use an ONTAP term here. But we're Sorry, you, cloning. Cloning. We're doing cloning in that you can create a, a, new, a new volume from an existing volume via snapshot. Cloning. So that's another aspect of using cloud volumes that is a beneficial thing for an uh, Oracle database administrator because that gives you the ability to split out a, da- a copy of that database without taking up any space. That's right. And start testing on it. You know, start, you know, if you want to use it for backing up and not affecting the production database, feel free to do that. So lots of different use cases for what we can do with cloud volumes. And I've seen the API, the API documentation is in my mailbox right now. I'm working through them. Um, so soon we'll have API support. So database will be able to take consistent snapshots, et cetera. Okay, cool. So you can actually do the, the snapshots where you pause the I.O. so you don't have this sort of truncated piece of database. That's the idea. So, Chad, what kind of limits do we have on the cloud volume side for capacity and file count? I mean, what are we looking at there? 50 million files and directories. Uh, that's on a per-volume basis. And each volume up front is 100 terabyte. You're being – there is a soft quota for capacity. So if I go into the, to the UI and I were to select – 
20, 20 terabyte of capacity and I were to use 22 terabytes of capacity, you can do that. They're soft limits only. Uh, now, granted, the amount of bandwidth you get is a, is, hard, is a hard number. Once I set a number, me being a customer, I can't exceed that until I increase the, increase the quota or change the service level, but the uh, capacity number is not fixed. You're charged for what you use beyond the amount that you, you provision. So if I provision 20 terabytes, I'm paying for 20 terabytes today. If I, were, if I write 22 terabytes, I'm paying for 22 terabytes as I allocate it, right? That makes sense if I put that? Yes, that makes sense. You pay, have, pay as you go or pay as you grow or what's that marketing term? I can't remember. Pay by the drink? Yeah, something like that. Continue. You're paying for what you allocate up front plus whatever you write into beyond that point, right? Uh, so you have a 100 terabyte playground to play with inside each volume you create. And you have 50 million files directories to create inside every volume you create. Have you ever seen a 100 terabyte Oracle database? No. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be horrible. I would hate to see that. But databases do grow over time, right? Cause yeah, you're, they do. Your working set is, is, a, is a fixed percentage, roughly. It's not really fixed, but you generally a, a percentage, maybe 5% of the database what you're using today. But over month to month to month to month, your capacity grows and grows and grows. So it is possible, but I've never seen one. The point of the services today is that it meets most needs. It wasn't designed to meet every single need, but it's designed to most, meet most. If you start with the end from the beginning and say, what is my overall goal? And this is why I talked performance work in the beginning, or a while ago, rather, that you have to know what you're looking to achieve. How do I know if a number's good? If I told you that, that it took two hours to read, a, to read a gigabyte, is that good or bad? It depends. That's my favorite performance answer. Continue. Well, tell me your opinion. Is it good or bad? It depends. Sully, good or bad for, for two gig? For what are my expectations? What is my application doing? What sort of bandwidth do I have? What sort of money do I want to spend? What if you're watching a movie and it takes two hours to watch a movie? Isn't the movie two hours long? Yes. Yeah, so I'm saying it depends. Is it good or bad? It depends what you're doing. Yeah. You got to start at the end of the mind. What do I actually want to achieve? Now, if I want to watch 10,000 movies all at the same time across 10,000 users reading the same content, it's a very different story. You got to know what you're looking to get in the end. So with any environment, because every environment has a capability and it has edges, you want to know what those edges are. And the cloud, in my mind, is a great place for many, many reasons, but this is one of my favorite reasons. You know exactly what it is. There are so many... Um, there are boundaries. You know what those boundaries can be. You know the four and a half gigabit per second in and out, fine. You know what database can do across DNFS. You know what service levels get you. Uh, you know the file count. You know what instance can do. You know all these things up front. If you just mark, check the boxes in your, in your little spreadsheet or your, or your um, calculator, whatever the heck it is you're using, you know exactly what you should be able to get, which is excellent. You know how to build for it now. And you can get the environment today. You can get the environment three minutes from now. Eight seconds per Richard Hardy to a volume deployed in your environment. A minute or two to get an instance deployed and, and using cool things like images or use data files, you can get your, your application deployed within, within, within minutes. Using containers within minutes. The whole thing's built out and you, you have the whole thing spec. If you get it wrong, that's okay. You can just turn it off and just resize it within moments. So if you know what the end needs to look like, then you can start at the end of the beginning. If you know what the box looks like, then you're a really, really good start. You're in an excellent place. Right, but as I said, not everything is designed to work, or this is not designed to work for everything, but most things. So let's, let's understand what those things are. If you know what they are, it'd be great. Many applications can be moved from fork can be forklift and on-prem up to here today without any problem. Application built for here from the cloud be born, uh, cloud native or cloud born, you're you're good too. Occasionally, you're going to come across applications that aren't going to fit, and that's okay too. Times will change, and the technology is growing at a very rapid pace. So. Let's just recap what those limitations, what those, I wouldn't say limitations, but what the environment is today. If your application needs four and a half gig per second read, 
four, plus four and a half gig per second write, or either way, four and a half gig per second alone, read four and a half gig per second alone of writes or mixed write. And from a single instance, it's going to be great. Um, if your per instance needs roughly 5,000 per instance or less, again, of any operation size, roughly, give or take, it's going to be great. Um, if your workload scales horizontally across many instances like, like HPC, phenomenal. If you need 50 million files on directories or less per volume, awesome. And Oracle, especially well suited because of DNFS. And we're going to test continually and find out more and more as we go along. So if I'm a customer and you're telling me, you know, these things like, oh, if you need four gigs a second read and write or, you know, 50,000 IOPS, how do I find that stuff out as a customer? Because I may not know that. I may just be deploying the application and I might not have visibility into what it needs. Uh, I might not, I might be new there and I don't know what I, how to, how to measure that. So what, in your experience, in your experience, how are people measuring that? How are people figuring out what sort of application needs they have to figure out how to size things in the future. Look, the cloud isn't easy. You know, as much as Amazon Web Services shows that you can build, you can build a whole environment within within minutes. What you build today may not work a year from now when you actually scaled up and actually has a lot of load in the environment. So you have to know something. It's like a water weenie. You squeeze one side, the other side is going to have to get bigger. To have a guaranteed success, you have to know something about your application, about your environment. So if you have a what you see is what you get environment, the benefit here is if you don't know, you could put it in place. You could try it. Find your limits and expand whatever piece isn't right. If you find that your instance is too small, shut it down, turn it on with a bigger instance. So for a workload that's already running on ONTAP, you can turn on QoS. For, for Even, any, that's right. Just to put a put an infinite, infinite yeah, policy in place, and it'll tell you exactly and that's what, what that I'm getting at, workload right? characterization is. Yeah, yeah, how do I figure that out and, today? Like, How do I know before I go there, how do I figure out what I need? Well, yeah, so you're and, talking about for those born that those that are already on-premises. If you already have on-premise applications, you can take a look at ONTAP, and you can take a look at workload statistics and see how much work is actually being done right now. And then you can say, I've got a size for at least that up, up uh, on the other side. Um, you can look in your, in your Amazon, in your Amazon, in your application workload repository, AWR, Oracle, and see how much am I, am I doing today? What do I need? So things that already exist, you can look at the application itself or the storage layer on-premise to see. Those that don't already exist and you're building for out there, you could try it and you can expand it. Yeah, and those are going to be trial and error anyway, right? If you're starting from scratch. And rather than go out and buy an expensive server that isn't going to fit for you, you can you can deploy whatever you like and you can change it up. We, I, o, OCI, you know. Yeah, on command insight. That's another way of yeah, getting that. Yeah. Regardless of the underlying storage platform. Yeah, and that's another thing you can try out initially. Just you know, test it out, see what you think of it, and then if you like it, purchase it. But it at least gives you an idea of what you're doing in your environment. So it uh, sounds like if you're trying to do your cloud volumes uh, service rollout, you're going to need to know what you need up front. And if you don't know, you know, kick the tires on it. And it's going to be a pretty low-cost way of doing that without having to stand up an entire server. I'd say that there are really four knobs, right, that you can tweak. Five, I guess. Instance count, instance size. So turn it on, try it out, and then look to see where you're choking. And if you find you're not choking, you're great, then wonderful. Another, so instance size, instance count volume size so capacity volume count and service level there are five there aren't that many knobs and two of them are just things you have to know about in general with the instances the other three are not that bad if you were to go to one volume see how much volume can do does volume meet my needs increase the service level or change the change the quota the knobs are not that many so it's not that hard to figure this out and and, and uh yeah, and capacity and file count is probably the easiest, right? Because you know if you're going to have more than 50 million files in most cases. Because if you have that many files, you, you know it. <laughs> you know it. You built for that. Yeah. <laughs> you know and 100 it. terabytes, I mean, 
a single file is likely not going to get there, right? And and you're most likely not going to hit 100 terabytes with your capacity. And if you don't, if you if you start to hit that, you're going to know that as well because it's a very large footprint. All right, Chad, thanks so much for joining us today and filling our heads with all sorts of numbers and feeds and speeds and all sorts of greatness about cloud volume services. You cleared up some things and you also have raised some interesting points about how to position cloud volume services in general. Uh, again, if we want to reach you on social media, how do we do that? Be sock puppets at, uh, at Twitter. All right, that music tells me it's time to go. If you'd like to get in touch with us, send us an email to podcast at netup.com or send us a tweet at NetApp. As always, if you'd like to subscribe, find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher, or via techontappodcast.com. If you like the show today, leave us a review. On behalf of the entire Tech on Tap podcast team, I'd like to thank Chad Morgenstern for joining us this week. As always, thanks for listening. Oh, yeah. Is it just me that's getting off on this? Oh, yeah.